0: Go to Central Vineyard and St. Augustine's. It's a huge privilege to uh, be talking to both churches today as we continue celebrating Advent together. Uh, Last week we heard from Dan Sheed, and if you missed that, I do encourage you to head back to the podcast, uh, pick up on that. It was an absolutely uh, top-shelf talk, so thanks so much, Dan. Earlier this year, the organisational psychologist Adam Grant popularised the term languishing uh, which for many of us has become the label which hangs off our collective emotional experience of 2021. When we kicked back into lockdown in August, my response wasn't fear and it wasn't anxiety. It was more like a massive eye roll of despondency. It was the, okay, here we go again feeling. And I found myself staying up way too late and getting way too little done. And the dynamic best described by the Chinese term, "ba o ye, revenge bedtime procrastination. Uh, In psychology, uh, mental health or well-being is described as a spectrum, with depression at one end and flourishing at the other, with languishing being the neglected middle child. It's despondent, it's feeling drained, it's a lack of motivation, it's the feeling of grief, of the loss of normalcy. And on a spiritual level, we often feel numb and disengaged. And while spiritual and emotional languishing isn't the end of the world, um, you know, left unnamed and left unchecked, it can lead to a fogging up of our vision and calling on our life, I, I kind of spiraling into the loop of learned helplessness and eventually checking out altogether. I've been really looking forward to the season of advent as now more than ever. I need to I need this spiritual reset moment to get my eyes up and beyond the you know the 4 p m cabinet briefing or the commentary on the traffic light guide. Um, and to be re-grasped and to be recaptivated by the mind-blowing unfolding drama of God and just the surprising and outstanding uh, lengths that God has gone to to restore the glory of creation and how God graciously invites humanity, you and I, to be a part of that. For us in the West, part of the problem has been the way that we have been captivated by the Walt Disney version of reality, where along with unicorns and fairies, God is mostly associated with power and strength and serenity, dispensing personal peace and uh, comfort to all that sign up. And as such, we just struggle to detect or engage with God in settings outside of this. However, you know, blood, tears, grime, conflict, brokenness, and the complexities and disappointment of life are no stranger to the biblical version of reality. And while God does not condone these things, God is not contained or constrained by these things, but rather motivated by justice can enter into these situations and the situations that we're all currently experiencing to bring life and newness and resurrection and I want to spend some time this morning surfacing uh, this theme of justice, not only because it is a bit of a blind spot for most Western Christians, but also because like a golden th- it's like this golden thread that holds many of the big ideas of mercy and peace and forgiveness and righteousness and love and new creation. It holds all these together uh, in a single piece. And so for instance, like the Genesis 1 story, God forming and ordering of creation, uh, it's not picking a fight with evolution or science, but rather it's a justice story of God pushing back the forces of chaos and darkness and setting boundaries around these destructive forces to allow creation to function and to flourish as God's temple. Similarly, the narrative that speaks of the forming of Israel as a nation reflects this rhythm, where the darkness and destructive chaos of Pharaoh's unjust enslavement of Israel for 400 years, that's overcome. And echoing Genesis 1, God separates water, the sea of reeds, creating this space for dry land, and under the hovering presence of the Holy Spirit, Israel can escape and receive a new and abundant and fruitful life. And the key here is that Israel is liberated to be the people of God as a response to their cry and Moses' appeal to God's justice. And this melody is repeated in our Advent passage uh, today. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. And what is that light that will switch the situation around? For to us, a child is born, to us, a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. In Genesis, in Exodus, Isaiah, and in fact right throughout the Bible, God's acts of justice are about putting the wrongs in this world uh, to rights and releasing the world to become all that it was intended to be. Or in the words of Isaiah, to establish peace, uh, shalom, this idea of everything back in its right place that uh, Dan so brilliantly talked about last week. In the Bible's version of reality, the lifeblood of hope is not connected to a narrative of inevitable human progress, but it's connected to God's heartbeat for justice, God's heartbeat and willingness to stretch out God's arm to bring life and to bring resurrection. Martin Luther King's hope and striving for a better future for black Americans was built on this very premise. We shall overcome, he says, because the arc of the moral universe is long, but it bends towards justice. And as we hit this season of Advent and we're on the home straight of 2021, is there anyone here today who needs a fresh word of hope? Perhaps you are watching this or listening to this and, um, you just have this feeling of being suffocated by the busyness of Christmas or trapped in a cycle of boredom or cynicism. You're just feeling like you're hitting E on the tank of faith, of life, of relationships. And you, you know, you fill in the blank and you need God to break in and bring about something new, a fresh experience of grace, a fresh sense of faith a fresh sense of God's life and breath, a fresh sense of hope and the and courage for the future. For me, I found myself languishing spiritually in the last couple of months, really. Um, I started this lockdown pretty strong, but as it's dragged from weeks to months, I've, I've kind of found the lethargy of languishing begin to set in. I feel the trigger for me has been seeing and feeling the amount of social and economic injustice and just the cultural and political division that has seemed to have surfaced. I found this so disorientating and, you know, really any year that kicks off with the storming of Capitol Hill by people in animal skin vests and Viking horn helmets, you know, that should have been a sign to me, preparing me that things were about to get a little crazy. And what I found um, most helpful about reflecting on these verses from Isaiah is that while there's nothing holy about a shambles, you know, God is not afraid or allergic to the mess, the disorder, the darkness, the chaos. And in fact, this longing for justice and restoration that many of us are feeling, this is not teenage naivety. This is actually an echo of God's heart. And it stands behind God stepping onto the world stage in the person of Jesus to bring justice about. And you can catch a glimpse of this in Mary's song, which just kind of bursts out of her like this Rage Against the Machine anthem as she sings out this vision of what God will do through this child that she's carrying. I'm bursting with God news. I'm dancing the song of my Saviour God. He bared his arm and showed his strength, scattered the bluffing braggarts. He knocked tyrants off their high horses, pulled victims out of the mud. The starving poor sat down to a banquet. The callous rich were left out in the cold. It's exactly what he promised, beginning with Abraham and right up to now. Far from just personal peace and comfort in the present, the birth of Jesus is bringing to fulfillment the restoration plan that was promised right at the very start of the Bible, beginning with Abraham, and is now being guaranteed because of the birth of Jesus, that one day in the future, this plan will be fully realized. You see, this baby that is growing in Mary's womb and who's going to do all that she's saying about, whose kingdom will have no end, its not just some... Special little baby who will grow up to be a special little boy who grew up to be an amazing man who many people revere and respect today. The significance of Jesus and what he went on to do is not just some amazing event in human history. The deepest significance lies in the fact that this is a life-changing event in God's history. And the consequence of God doing all that Mary sang about by becoming a human being is that once and for all, God has welded human history to God's history. And God God has tied his destiny, our destiny uh, together. But here is the point. In God incarnating himself in human form and welding our future to his The birth of Jesus becomes the guarantee that one day all of creation will be fully redeemed and experience the revolutionary justice of Jesus' resurrection. God literally has skin in the game now when it comes to seeing the restoration of all things, seeing his kingdom come and his will being done on earth as it is in heaven. And as God's image bearers, we're invited uh, into this. To follow the way of Jesus is to walk with this vision of justice. As Trevor Wax comments, Confessing with our mouths that Jesus is Lord should do more than shape our church life and a few spiritual habits here and there. As kingdom people, we must be actively spreading God's reign into every segment of society. We should be influencing the world by bringing God's love and grace to all, whether through the arts, through business, through politics or through our other vocations. This is the power and importance of our personal formation and the potential that each of us has to be agents of cultural renewal and establish beauty in the midst of brokenness. The default setting is that we will be formed by the brokenness of the culture and just reflect that back into it. The movement towards beauty and justice requires intervention, uh, your intervention. And as such, that requires intentional spiritual formation so that we can carry the cultural renewing power of the kingdom of God and establish cultures of beauty and human flourishing. Cultural renewal begins with the renewal of human beings, of having God's justice applied to the human heart. Dallas Willard uh, puts it like this. "The The revolution of Jesus is in the first place and continuously a revolution of the human heart or spirit. It did not and does not proceed by means of the formation of social institutions and laws, the outer forms of our existence, intending that these would then impose a good order of life upon people who come under their power. Rather, this rather his is a revolution of character, which proceeds by changing people from the inside through ongoing personal relationship to God and Christ and to one another. It is a revolution that changes people's ideas, beliefs, feelings and habits of choice, as well as their bodily tendencies and social relations. It penetrates to the deepest layers of their soul. External social arrangements may be useful to this end, but they are not the end, nor are they a fundamental part of the means. The point I'm wanting to make here is that the success of Central Vineyard, the, sus- the success of St. Augustine's, it's not about how many likes and Insta followers or views or podcast downloads uh, we have here, but rather it's the impact and influence that you have out there. We've got to remember that God so loved the world that he sent his son and that as followers of Jesus, he also sends us, the church, to be salt of the earth and light to the world. However, the impact you'll have there is inevitably shaped by the formation of our souls. And so this third week of Advent is an invitation to remind ourselves ourselves and reconnect our souls into the life and energy of this large and unfolding drama of God's redemption. And so as I come into land, allow me to lead you in the collect from the then devotional card. Saying together, almighty and ever-living God, in Jesus' life, the light of all people, born to us, given to us, he became flesh and made his home among us. His glory is the glory of the one and only. Come from the Father, full of grace and truth. Lift up your face upon us, Lord Jesus, that we may delight in your rule. Amen. Guys, it's been such a pleasure to be travelling uh, this Advent together. Kia kaha Central uh, Vineyard, Kia kaha St Augustine's. Guys, have a great rest of your week. Ka anō.